Welcome into Honorado and Company. Chris Honorado, Ashley Miller with you here on the News Channel 13 Facebook, Twitter, YouTube pages. If you're watching us on TV, you find us Saturday nights on my four. And with the Firewolves off, we're in our usual 630 spot on Saturday. Ash, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Separate I'm fired locations. up for our guest, a guy yes. that you and I both just, yes, there it is. I'm dressed for the occasion. We are inspired every time we speak with Sean Evans or are surrounded by his family. So we can't wait to talk with Sean Evans from Galway, who, of course, everybody remembers, ran literally across the country seven years ago now. My Crazy. goodness, it's hard to believe, but uh, power to push. There's a big event this weekend, and there's a new book out called Better Together. We're going to talk to Sean about that, but there's Big, big news in college basketball we're going to start with. We're, of course, reacting to the NBA playoffs, and yep. Brooklyn's in trouble. Philly is up big. Cruising. And so the East may be a clearer picture kind of coming our way, and we'll preview what's happening uh, in the West as we go deeper into the week. Ash, let's get things going here on Honorado and Company. is Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpen House. Back here now on Honorado and Company, ready to get rolling here. Yeah, my mic was muted. Hello. We are in 2022. We've been doing this for two plus years. Thought Stop. I could figure it out by now. Yeah, I know. Um, all right, so we're going to talk to Sean Evans here in about 10 minutes or so. But Ash, let's get to the real news of the day that I think people beyond the NBA playoffs are yeah. going to talk about. I said to our executive producer when he walked in, Josh, how about the Jay Wright news? And he goes, shocked. I said, that that yeah. is the word that... I was stunned when we were talking about it at home last night. And it isn't the fact that Jay Wright is no longer going to be the coach at Villanova. It's the it's the word retirement. Right. Because I said to you, okay, wait no. a minute. Retirement or resigning or stepping away or what? Because all those other words other than retirement would lead me to say he's got Not another done. job and it's probably the NBA. This is at 60 years old, a guy at the top of his game now just made a Final Four retiring uh, this one floored me. How about for you? Yeah, it's funny because we were sitting at home and I got a text from my dad that said, whoa, Jay Wright's retiring. And then I looked and I got an alert from ESPN. And I was kind of like, what's going on? And and mm -hmm. same thing. It was kind of like, okay, he, he's retiring, hanging up the cleats for good, like hanging up the gym shoes. He's done or he's got something else lined up. Um, so I, I'm as shocked as you are. I, it's he feels like one of the younger guys. Like you've got guys like Bayheim still in the game, a guy like Coach K, who has just retired this year. And he, of course, does it totally the opposite way of a guy like Coach K. And I understand it's a little different, but clearly there was a plan in place because no sooner did he retire mm -hmm. than they brought in his old former assistant, Kyle Neptune from Fordham, yep. and said, This is our guy. Here we go. So it looks like they're ready to move on. Yeah, and it signals to me that there was a plan in place. This didn't mm -hmm. just kind of happen. Jay Wright's been thinking about it, and he's yeah. been talking to people at Villanova about it, and they've had a plan in place to bring Kyle Neptune back 
from Fordham after just one year, but a 14-win improvement with the Rams Neptune had in his one season. So at 37 years old, he becomes the head coach of one of these Fortune 500 college basketball programs. I'm going to stop short of calling them a blue blood because I know how people will overreact, but they are a top 10 team, top 5 team each and every single Mm -hmm. year. So he's being given the keys to uh, a very expensive car that Jay Wright has, uh, has built in uh, in philadelphia and good for him but for right 21 years you see it on your screen four final fours two national championships um and and you said he feels like one of the younger guys i don't disagree he mm-hmm. does feel like one of the younger guys but he is 60 years old yep. so maybe he's deciding to go into television or, or to just step away completely from the game for a little bit and see if there's a job opportunity that presents itself in the near, very near future the guy is made for tv one of, the, one of the biggest disappointments of COVID basketball was the fact that all the coaches went to warm-ups. Look at the dude. The, he should be a menswear model. Yep. The guy is the best-dressed coach. Maybe that's in, his next plan. Mm, menswear <laughs> model. Yeah, could be. Hook him up with our people at Mr. Formal Wear. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there you see him celebrating one of the national championships. That's when they beat Michigan. So, you know, to me – oh, and there it is. Hey. I pulled this one out of the archive. Me and Jay that's Wright. Nice. At a uh, basketball clinic at Shenandoah High School, yep. the Howard Garfinkel Basketball Clinic, five-star camps. Um, it's going to be weird not seeing him, but I do hope he does yeah. some TV because he's He'd made for TV, smart guy, charismatic, mm-hmm. good on camera, obviously. Anytime he does an interview or a press conference, he's engaging. I think we will see him on TV. You know he'll be part of the NCAA tournament broadcast yep. with CBS, yeah, I have to imagine, right? I was going to say, even if it's just a matter of him picking and choosing when he wants to be on, maybe, listen, I said to you, I don't know how much the guy has made in his lifetime, but we looked it up. He made $6 million last year, which means he's got to be over $30 million for his career. Oh yeah. Now you get to go spend the money. You get to go enjoy it after working so hard. And maybe he's the smart one. Maybe he's the one who isn't going to do what Bayheim did and stretch it out. And, and people are asking, oh, when's this guy going to retire? He's past his prime. He's going to go now. He's going to enjoy it with his family, maybe do some TV and stay involved in basketball. But maybe he's the smart one and we're all going to look back and say, yep, he did it the right way. Yeah, maybe the right way. Well, I see what you did there. Um, Sam says he'll either be on TV or coaching the Lakers (laughs) next year. Look, the Lakers need a coach. Yeah, LeBron's got serious influence. Maybe he can get Jay Wright out of a very brief retirement. That would be Jay Wright's retirement would be shorter than Tom Brady's if that's the way this thing ends up going, because the Lakers will need a head coach a little bit sooner rather than later. Nick says, yeah, one of the great coaches TV is the move. Don't go to NBA and get fired. Yeah, that look, it's NBA coaches true. are hired to get fired unless you are the likes of Greg Popovich in today's game for sure, or, because, listen, or Eric Spolstra. He's got two titles at a place like Villanova. It's not a place like North Carolina where you have he doesn't have to win there. He could coach for the next 10 years, never win a title again, get to a couple final fours, and just still retire when he wants to. They will never fire him at Villanova. He's unfireable. Yeah unfireable yeah you're probably not wrong honestly you're probably not wrong all right uh, I do see the comments about the NFL and I know by the time we 
this hits TV on Saturday, everyone will be talking about the NFL draft, which is a week from today, round one. And we will talk a little bit of NFL here. And I'll, I will answer your questions, too, about the NFL draft. If you're Nick or you're Joel, hang on throughout the show. We're going to we'll get to those questions for sure. We've got the Popeyes Louisiana Fast Minute coming up here. Uh, love Ash's local take that that she's going to go with the Fast Minute. I'm going all the way across the country to Hollywood for mine, which Probably couldn't have been scripted any better. The reunion yeah. between Freddie Freeman and the Atlanta Braves uh, out in L.A. And we've got news from the tennis world as well, which was surprising. I think yeah. we'll both weigh in on on our thoughts on, on Wimbledon's decision to ban tennis players from Russia and Belarus. That's all still ahead here on Honorado and Company. But when we come back here on the show, our guest this week is Sean Evans. Show him the book. There it is. Better Together. You can order it now. We'll tell you exactly where to get it. You can pre-order it on a place like Amazon, but we've got the direct link to get the book today. Sean will take us inside the book, inside the journey across the country seven years ago, and we'll get an update on his two incredible sons and uh, and what Seamus is up to these days as well. Hang on. You're watching. Big event this weekend. And there's a big event this yeah, weekend, too. which we'll tell you about. Yes, absolutely. A 5K that uh, you can take part of and support a great organization. We're back in a minute right here on Honorado and Company. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face. Sharing laughs. At the campground. Getting wet. Relaxing together. The love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool, Spa, Boat, and RV. Bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. And now back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhouse. Shout out to all of our partners here on Honorado and Company, Alpenhouse, Novice, Marcella's, Popeye's, Pick 6 Vodka, and our guest this week in studio, Ash, Sean Evans from, I'll say from Ainsley's Angels, but the guy does so much in the community, and uh, and Sean, it's good to see you, man. Thanks for coming to the studio. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's great to see you guys. The book is out. It's called And he's Better. one of our few loyal watchers. Yeah. Every week he watches. So I hear. Well, thank I know. You. <laughs> we need to give more shout outs to him then, knowing he's watching. Uh, and I know there is certainly uh, viewership right now yeah. watching this segment. There's Nicole, and we've got plenty of other people through Ainsley's Angels who I know are watching. If you have a question for Sean, if you want to just throw a comment out, we will share it with him here throughout our segment. But the book is out, Sean. It's called Better Together. Ashley's got our copy at home. You've got a yep. copy here as well. And if you go to ainsleysangels.org, I'll throw that information up on the screen in a moment. You can order it today. Amazon is a pre-order deal. You have to wait for it. You can get it today in the mail through ainsleysangels.org. 
how long did the book process take and why a book? <laughs> Obviously, it's a, such an incredible story, which we'll we'll talk about here a little bit. But what is it that made you say, this is a book? Yeah, I mean, after the run across America, so many people said, you guys got to you guys got to put this into a story. And uh, I kind of knew all along that we wanted to do that. Okay. I was taking notes along the way. And obviously, Nicole was making great Facebook posts along the way that yes. became our uh, something for me to pull from as, as I put it, put pen to paper and uh, pulled it all together. Um, but it was definitely uh, a long process. You know, I, I told Ashley the other day, it took us 60 days to run across America and it took seven years to get to the point where <laughs> this is in my hands. So um, definitely a labor of love, um, but, but I really am, am pleased with how it turned out. Sean, what was the hardest, most difficult part of writing a book? Because for someone who's never written a book before, I have no idea what it takes. Um, you're doing this in the middle of a pandemic, which you might mm. think you have more time to do. But what was the most difficult part of the whole process? Yeah, in reality, the the book was written prior to the pandemic. It, once mm. the pandemic hit, we were, were deep into the editing process. Mm. So I would say the most difficult part for me was patience. <laughs> um, you know, and... Uh, the pandemic definitely slowed things down as far as, you know, paper shortages and shipping issues and things like that. And that's kind of why it took uh, until now to get it. I was hoping that we would have it in our hands a couple of years ago, but mm. writing it also took a long time because I was working full time all through the process. And, um, you know, just seeing some of these memories and reading through go. some of the memories brings back a ton of memory, <laughs> a ton of uh, emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, does some of this make you feel full? You've, you've, detailed with us the number of calories you had to uh to put into your body just to simply keep going my favorite moment such a great moment here at the end of the run with you and your son Seamus literally going from sea to sea from the Pacific Ocean out in Washington State now to the Atlantic Ocean here in New York State, uh, you said emotions. What are you feeling as you see this? Yeah, I mean, seven years ago on the 4th of July, Seamus took those first few steps out of Puget Sound in Seattle, and then he walked the final few steps on September 1st into the Atlantic uh, down in New York City, and then the, the Mets welcomed us to, yeah. to City Field later that evening. Um, it was just an incredible adventure, and uh, there's probably not a day that, that goes by that I don't you know, think about it or remember all that we've accomplished. But then I think, you know, since that, since then, all that we've done and all that Seamus has continued to inspire us to do and, and how much Ainsley's has grown um, in part because of what we did with our run across America. It's, it's been tremendous to see all of that as well. Uh, I don't know if people remember, if you don't remember, uh, we were, we tried to be very much a part of this journey and, and tell it from stop to stop, I felt like I was a part of the family, except I didn't have to do any of the hard work. These guys are running 50 plus miles a day. Sean is burning through sneakers like it's his job. But Sean, the thing I remember most from that moment uh, in New York was once you guys stepped into the ocean, Simon just totally lost it. He did not want it to end. He was so upset it was all over. And I just thought, oh my God, I'm so I felt the same way too. I just didn't cry about it. But it was uh, I don't know what you remember from that moment, but that's the one thing that stuck out was just how much like you guys wanted it to continue and Simon wanted it to continue. I'm sure your body wanted it to stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was kind of surreal when it ended. It almost felt like it wasn't over. And uh, Simon's, you know, seven-year-old emotions yeah. were what we were all experiencing at that yeah. time. It was such an epic summer for us all. 
uh, for, to, for it to come to an end. We knew that we'd never be able to replicate it. Even though a couple of years later we did run yeah. down the Mississippi, there was nothing like that run across America and uh, experiencing that as a family and sharing it with all of our family across the, the United States. How much will people get in that book? If I, if I read that book, how, how much will I feel like I was part of that journey? I know there's so much more to it than it's, it's about, you know, the birth of Seamus. And I know it's about how you and Nicole have helped him grow and how you've grown because of him. And, but the run across America itself, will we get details of the trip in this book? Oh, no doubt about it. And in fact, um, you know, my parents both just just read the book over the, yeah. the past couple of weeks and they both said that there were things that they didn't know or that we didn't necessarily share mm. on social media that they uh, they discovered when they when they read the book. So that was kind of neat to hear. Yeah. Very cool. Sean, you've talked about how Ainsley's has grown since your run. Um, can you just kind of explain the numbers? I know we talked about this last week at the book signing, but how much it really has grown, where we are in the United States, how people can get involved if they want to, because you guys delivered running chairs, these running chairs that you see mm -hmm. in this video here, they were delivered to children across the United States with special needs so that they can participate in races like Sean and Seamus do. So where are we at with Ainsley's Angel, Sean? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we made stops as we crossed from coast to coast and donated 35 chairs to kids along the way. And out of those chair donations and out of people that were inspired by what we were doing, uh, several Ainsley's Angels ambassadorships uh, grew from that. Uh, so now we, we are in 70 different local locations or cities or towns across the United States and 35 different states. Wow. Um, so it's, it's continuing to grow to this day, which it's, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons that we set out to do it. And Seamus is how old now? Seamus is 16 now. So oh a couple God. of years ago, we visited you guys during the pandemic. We were outside on your driveway and he was in a pretty bad, you know, what, uh, chair that was like all terrain vehicle yeah. type of stuff. Incredible the way I'm sure that you've seen even just kind of that side evolve in terms of the equipment. Yeah. I mean, Seamus has, uh, has a, he takes up a bay of our garage, let's put it that way, <laughs> with all of his uh, equipment now. And um, But he uses every single piece of it. You know, he's out in that chair that, that Chris was describing. It has tracks instead of wheels, so he yeah. uses it in the back 40, collecting maple syrup with my father to boil <laughs> to or boil down uh, maple sap to make maple That's syrup all. All, all spring and late winter. So, um, yeah, he puts his equipment to use, and he uses it hard. <laughs> That's awesome. This was... His idea, the run across America. Um, what is next? I know when we talked to you a couple of years ago, the the time that Chris referenced, we were thinking Boston Marathon. And I know I don't. I think the age is eighteen. Is that correct? He has to be eighteen to do that. Is that still in the plans? Oh yeah, I'm sure that that uh, we'll run Boston when the time comes. He's got to be eighteen, so we've got another couple of years until then. Uh, we still talk about running the Erie Canal Trail to Niagara Ooh. Falls. I, I know that's something he would like to do. So we just have to figure out when it makes sense to do that. I'd like yeah. to do that before he heads off to college, which is going to be here mm. too soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we'll continue to, to run local events. We'll continue to run the Marine Corps Marathon every year. And who knows what else Seamus has in store for us. There's always something. And, and he's been become involved in so many more things. He mm. um, He's involved in a competitive uh adaptive sailing program now so you know he he shoots um trap with his his school 
trap shooting club. So there's always something new for Seamus and he continues to introduce us all to new mm -hmm. things and inspires us all along the way. And we know Simon is a huge athlete too as well. And, and they're both big sports fans, which is very cool. Um, so we want to talk about the, the event that's coming up this weekend, Sean, but I, I do have another, another question here about Ainsley's Angels. And Ash brought up the marathon. Did you know Ainsley's Angels would be repped at this year's Boston Marathon? I know you saw the video or pictures of it at least. Um, so when you talk about 70 different locales, 35 different states, I would imagine the pink is popping up in places where you didn't expect it. Yeah, we did know that, that we'd have a team this year, and we've had a team the last few years, which is great. Um, and more and more smaller events is where we're starting to see them too, which cool. is, yeah, that's the the amazing thing, you know, where where they might not have seen wheeled athletes in the past, Ainsley's Angels is starting to pop up and introduced wheeled athletes to those smaller races. One of those smaller races you guys got this weekend. This is one of our favorites to cover. And Sean, I know you're excited because the pandemic really put a damper on this race and when you guys could run it. It's been a couple years now. Um, 5K this weekend. How can people take part? We know, obviously, when this airs on Saturday, it's already going to be day of. But you can still register. How can they take part? And it's the sixth annual. How has it kind of evolved here? Yeah, well, it's been great to see the number of riders that mm -hmm. uh, have have grown over the years. Uh, we, I think we have a dozen riders signed up, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, between central New York, uh, the Oneana area, we have several riders coming out to run with us from there. Uh, we have a lot of local riders. Um, and it's just great to be back racing in person again. Mm -hmm. Simon will be there. Um, and Seamus will, will be rolling with his buddy Noah. So uh, mm -hmm. we always look forward to that. Uh, people that want to get involved can register it at ainsleysangels.org. Or and if and if you can't make it in person, person we still do have the virtual option is available, so you can support us from anywhere across the USA. Yeah, exactly. And again, ainsleysangels.org. If you click on events, it'll take you to the page where you can sign up for the Together We Shall 5K. You can also just on that website, as Sean said, if you can't be there in person, if you're not a runner, hello. Uh, you can make a donation through that website as well. You can buy garb. Organization. Right. You can buy t-shirts. You can, you yeah. know, I, there's so much you can do. And it's such a great organization. We are, we've been so honored to be a very, very small part of the journey. And we just love you guys so much. You guys are a great family and you've done such good work for the Capital Region. And I know we're proud, but the Capital Region as a whole is so proud of everything that you guys have done and continue to do. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I'm going to put it up here on the screen one more time. Yeah. There is Sean's Instagram handle. It's the same on Twitter, Power2 with the number two, the numeral, Power2Push on Instagram and on Twitter. You can find Ainsley's Angels. You can find Power2Push on Facebook uh, as well. Check them out there. And again, Ainsley'sAngels.org is the easiest way to go get this book now called Better Together. It is available now. The story of, yep. Go ahead, Ash. Put it up there. Yeah. The story of, of Sean's run across the country with his family in an RV yes. that Nicole drove. Yes. And I, I did jokingly say to Sean, hey, we might put together a little NFL training camp tour in an RV. We we would need a driver. Perfect. She could be our driver. <laughs> Does she still have the license? You know what? You don't need a special license. But oh. one of the coolest things, I know the Alpenhaus is a big uh, supporter mm -hmm. of the show here. And – uh they were instrumental in, in us getting Peggy, the Ainsley's Angels RV. Even yeah. though we bought it on the West Coast, Andy Heck, uh, we met with him beforehand, and, and he hooked us up with a, a, an RV dealer on the West Coast. Um, we talked to them. We bought the, the, uh, the RV out there, Ainsley's Angels did, sight yep. unseen. 
And knowing that Nicole would be driving that RV 3,200 miles towing a trailer across the United States, Andy offered to um, have her go out with, with some of the local dealers here and do a test drive and, and take a, an RV lesson with them. So that was one of the greatest things in the lead up That's to awesome. our run across America was the support of, of Alpenhaus. See? Everything yep. melds together. And Nicole says she's in. Get that Perfect. up there. <laughs> I, yeah, as long as there's no running involved, I'm sure Nicole will be happy to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a faster trip. And yes, yeah. shout out to Alpenhaus. Um, we've gotten to know them through the show, obviously, Andy and, and Katie, um, an incredible family. And a story that you shared here that many people otherwise wouldn't know of, uh, of the things that they are willing to do. Uh, for people in the community. So so thank you to Alpenhouse and everybody involved there for getting Peggy on the road and safely from the West Coast to the <laughs> East Coast. Uh, I can't believe it's been almost seven years, not exactly seven Crazy. years, but almost seven years. Go get the book now, everybody, called Better Together, ainsleysangels.org. Sean, thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. Making Appreciate the it. effort, coming into the studio. We're going to yeah, try to do a little bit trip. more of this from now on. I like this in-person stuff a lot better. Um, all right, Sean. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right, Ash, when we come back after the break here, uh, Popeye's Louisiana Fast yep. Minute still ahead, but we're going to break down what we've seen in the NBA playoffs in the last couple of nights. I am seeing something, and we we could keep Sean here for this too because I know he has insights to this. I am seeing something happen to Kevin Durant okay, that I have not seen happen maybe in his career, but certainly not in the last six to seven years when he became arguably – the greatest player on the planet. And Boston is making life awfully difficult on the Brooklyn Nets. We're back in 30 seconds here on Honorado and Company. At Marcello's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Genair, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, I was wrong on this series. Let's get a little more equity going here. I was <laughs> wrong on this series that is taking place, first two games in Boston and now shifting to Brooklyn. I thought that the Nets would find a way to win the series, mm -hmm. just for starters. I also thought it'd be an absolute scoring fest. And right now the Nets are down 0-2, and they are being limited oh, severely yeah. offensively despite scoring 114 points mm -hmm. and 107 points. This is not an offensive juggernaut right now. If Boston coming out of this would look at it and be like, boy, we've given up too many points. Mm -hmm. But in reality, Ash, they are making life incredibly difficult on Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, listen, he hasn't looked like the player that we've seen all season long, the last decade. Um, they're, they're guarding him so well that he's either deferring, which he doesn't do very often, or he's turning the ball over. Correct. He's not scoring a whole heck of a lot of points because they've made him so uncomfortable. They're in his shorts 24-7 while he's on the floor, and you can just tell – and his quote after the game was like, listen, it's on me. I have to figure out a way. But it's not that easy when you've got the number one defense in the league 
playing really good D on you. They're not used to that. This isn't a, a defense that they see every game. This Celtics defense has set itself apart from every other team in the league. Yes, and as I said going to break, I'm seeing something with Kevin Durant mm-hmm. that I, I don't remember the last time I saw it. I'm, I'm sure he was in, in an OKC uniform, and it it looked something like this. But given his seven-foot frame, okay, his ability to handle the basketball and to shoot from distance, he's been unguardable yeah. for the last six, seven, eight years. There's been yeah, nobody in the league yeah. who could stop him. If he wanted to get to a certain spot on the floor, he was going to get there. If he wanted to shoot up over you, he was going to be able to – at seven feet, Ash, there was no one in this league who could guard him far enough away from the basket that he wasn't then also going to be able to rise up and shoot over. But my goodness, the defense we've seen from from Boston and be it Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Al Horford, and then yeah. you get the fans involved with digs at Kyrie Irving. He's not doing his teammates any favor, I don't think, because it seemed to just really rile up. Maybe even the Celtics players, maybe they were inspired by this. But look at the defense there of of Tatum and Tyson. He's okay. turned the ball over a bunch. He's oh, again he's not getting clean shots. Right, And that has thrown off his entire game. I mean, he's not playing with confidence, to your point. He's deferring mm-hmm. much more than he ordinarily does. And, oh, by the way, I think the name that you left out is Marcus Smart, who is yeah. Defensive Player of the Year. So sure. of all the – like, we just talked about all those other guys before the guy who won Defensive Player of the Year. You co- So it's not just Smart playing defense. It's right. Smart – and the rest of the team, they're totally bought in because I think they finally realize defense wins championships. We've seen that so often in the NBA playoffs. The mentality switches to a defensive mindset. But this is a team that's played defense all year long. And it, it shows because there aren't teams just trying to now decide they're going to play defense. This is a team that's done it all year long, done it well all year long, and now can, is continuing to do it at a very high level, and also very successfully against one of the best offenses in the league. Game three is Saturday night, 7.30 tip, I think. So if you're watching us on my four, we're getting you ready for that game. So I'll ask Ashley right now, is the series over? No, no. I'm not ready for the series to be over. Listen, I picked the Nets to win the series. I'm not saying that I don't know that they're still going to win it. The, The Nets have to get a game or two at home, uh, I have to believe. And they haven't, it's not like they've been out of these games. They led for most of that game last night, Wednesday night. They led for most of that game. They were yep. up like double digits in the second quarter. And, you know, they they came storming back. Um, so, they're, listen, they're not out of it at all. If, if Kevin Durant can figure out a way to score 10 more points than he scored um, in previous games, they're in or winning some of those games. So I'm not, I'm not writing them off yet at all but it brooke listen the our boston excuse me is is clearly in the driver's seat in this one it was a 17 point lead in the second quarter and 10 point lead at the break and you heard guys on the tnt halftime broadcast charles barkley most notably say brooklyn's in trouble this game should be over they should Mm -hmm. be up by maybe 20 at the half instead it's 10 and it, it allowed boston enough time to come back in the second half yes it's a buzzer beater in game one and then it was the, a big comeback by Boston in game two. I'm not ready to say the series is over either. Right. Um, but I am with Nick here that they're in trouble. They've got to win the next two. They're not going to come right. back fr- down yeah. 3-0 or down 3-1. They have to find a way to even this series. And I I do, I do, I think they will do that. 
I think they will do that. I think Durant plays better at home. I would say the role players are going to play better because role players play better. But Bruce Brown and Seth Curry were phenomenal Wednesday night. They were the best players on that team last night. So (laughs) you need your stars to play better. Yeah, correct. Exactly. They they need the home court, the home crowd, the home cooking uh, to be what helps Durant and Irving really kind of elevate their games. Meanwhile, also in the East, uh, Hawks will play Friday night. Mm -hmm. Um, They are down 0-2 as they go to Atlanta. Sixers are up 3-0 after Joel Embiid hits a game-winning three in overtime. I know you want to touch on that. That play was nasty. I mean, if and I understand MVP voting is over. This guy deserves to win the MVP. He is not maybe not the most versatile big man in the game because you've got guys like Jokic and but he is one of mm-hmm. the most versatile big men in the league. There aren't a lot of seven footers who are scoring on that play in overtime, taking an inbounds pass, turning around and fading away for three and making it look easy. Um, so I think this is the year he gets his MVP, but he's also showing why he deserves it because he's been one of the best players in this playoff so far. Yeah, I think uh, I think Embiid's the MVP this year, right? Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, those are the guys that mm-hmm. we're going to talk about mostly. Um, if if Giannis is considered a big guy in in the way you're defining big man, he's the most versatile, right? I mean, yeah, he's just more athletic and smoother than the Embiid's and Jokic's. Yeah. But honestly, if I need a three to save I'm, my I'm life, me too. I'm taking Jokic or Embiid, not Giannis. Yeah. Me too. And listen, Giannis's three-point shooting is vastly improved, um, and he needs that to put himself, not to put himself in the same conversation, but to, you know, to have the same capabilities as other guys his size. Because Mm -hmm. nowadays you have to be able to shoot the three, whether you're big or small. Uh, And that's something that Embiid does really well. And I think that's kind of why I mean, like, he's versatile in that way. Yes, I take Giannis in terms of more athleticism, but if I need a shot, I'm going to go with Embiid. Uh, Nick wants to know, is Don, is Doncic going to play? Yes. I think he'll play. I mean, who plays, who plays first, Luca or Ben Simmons? Luca. Duh. Everybody says Ben's going to play game four. Okay. Luca might play game four for them too, though, which will come before game four for Celtics, uh, Celtics nets. Yeah, Dallas needs him because Jalen Brunson isn't going to pop off for 43 or whatever. Right, every game. Again, yeah. You can't depend on that. No. Um, Milwaukee up 2-1, them losing one to Chicago on Wednesday night. Concern you in any way? The Chris Middleton injury, we'll see. That, yeah, I was going to say. The the loss doesn't concern me. It's surprising because I think I I probably felt like this would be, it would be a sweep. But, you know, the Bulls getting one doesn't, surprise me I guess or at least it doesn't worry me the Middleton injury though like an MCL sprain is not a small injury so if he's going to be limited or not be able to play the next two games then that's a problem for Milwaukee all right let me move on to this here quickly Ash before we have to take another quick break here on the show um and we will get to our Louisiana fast minute Coming up here, Ashley's got a local flavor, which I love, the tribute that she'll give, uh, and I'm going out to Hollywood for mine. But Wimbledon, meanwhile, says no players from Russia and Belarus. It affects the number two men's tennis player in the world and the number four women's tennis player 
in the world. This one caught me off guard. Yeah. Novak Djokovic has already been outspoken about this. Uh, very critical of it. Basically, right, punishing people from this region simply based on the actions of the Russian president yeah. invading Ukraine. Uh, you know, these two tennis players have nothing to do Correct. with the war going on in Ukraine unless there is some documentation out there that I don't know and I haven't seen yet of them supporting the war or maybe even saying before it happened, before the invasion happened, that this was a good idea. I haven't seen that. If it's out there, okay, maybe there's a justification. But to me, this feels like Wimbledon thinking yeah. it's doing this great humanitarian mm -hmm. act by banning people from that region to play in its tournament. And, and it just feels to me like it's it, they're out of touch, yeah. not simply like, hey, look at us. We, we are so great. And it's almost like you're doing the opposite. Like you are discriminating against two individuals because of where they're from. Like that is what Russia is doing to Ukrainian people because of where they're from in, yep. in part. So I hate it. I absolutely hate it for once I'm with Novak Djokovic in this conversation. I haven't been on his side when it comes to a lot of things in the last maybe four or five months. Um, but he's right. It's ridiculous. You're punishing two people in a whole tournament. I understand when someone like the World Cup wants to punish Russia by not allowing them to be in a tournament or wants to punish Russian hockey for not allowing them to be in the Olympics. I get that because you are punishing, in a way, at least, the country as a whole. You are not allowing that country to be represented in various tournaments. That I understand. Tennis is an individual sport. Russia, uh, Belarus, they're not sending tennis teams to compete as a team in this tournament. So I don't like it. It's unfair, completely unfair to these two players who, like you said, as of right now, it looks like they're just being punished because of where they're from, not because of their beliefs or something that they've done, which is absurd. Sam's point. Let me get to Sam's point. The crowd could go against those players. Things could get ugly. Maybe um, that was not in, that was not it, that was not in my mind. That what maybe they start physically throwing things at them or hurling words at them. That okay. But I want to go back to something you said, and I don't. I don't. I don't know if I disagree or not, Ash, with your point that you're you're good with the IOC or FIFA. I'm more good with it. Okay. Not I, you know. I, because here's, yeah. here's just my thought. Let's say Daniil Medvedev wins Wimbledon. Mm -hmm. This is now a trophy. Yes, it's his, but he's representing a country that much of the world disagrees with how it is operating. So that trophy <laughs> will be claimed as a victory for Russia, and it could be claimed as a victory by Russian President Vladimir Putin. It, it's not the same as a team effort. I, I yeah. hear you. But if he were to win... If he were to win Wimbledon, right, take it to that extreme, does this now look bad for the All-England Club? I don't think so. Listen, they've played tournaments since this war has started because we've seen guys, yep. we saw that Russian player sign the camera. Like, no war, please. He signed the camera. Those are moments that inspire. Those are moments that get people behind players like that. And I, I, obviously, you they would have to be in opposition to the war for that to be the case. If he wrote like go Russia on the camera, well, we probably got more of a problem. Um, but yeah, this is, it's just not the same. And I've never viewed Wimbledon and I don't know about you, but when somebody wins Wimbledon, 
I generally don't feel like it's viewed as a victory for a country. Um, it'll be described as like, hey, had Andy Murray won, he'd be the first Brit to win since whatever. And yes, that's the case. And it's different because it's in Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Andy Murray's always been viewed differently. The home country players have always been viewed differently. But like, if Venus or Serena won Wimbledon, I don't know that it's viewed as a victory for the United States as much as it's a victory for some of the greatest tennis players of all time. I, I feel like tennis is just different. Okay. There is national pride that goes yeah. into rooting for individual players, though, yeah. right? I mean, you know, as Americans, um, or I'll speak for myself, as an American, mm-hmm. uh, I do oftentimes look through a draw and say, okay, is there a path for a Sloane Stevens or a mm-hmm. Madison Keys or a Jessica Pagula on the women's side? I'm leaving out the Williams for obvious reasons. Yeah. And on the men's side, my goodness, could we find it? Can we find a, a male tennis player in this country? No. To do something big, you know, John Isner's kind of been the guy that everybody's hanging on to. He's not going to win no. a Grand Slam. Um, and and oftentimes he's seated somewhere in the upper teens. Um, so we haven't had that on the men's side in quite some time. Yeah. Um, but I do I do attach some national pride to even singular tennis players from time yeah, to time. Yeah, and I feel the same way. Like I want Americans to do well. Um in various matches, I will root for an American because I am an American, but mm-hmm. I don't know that if an American wins, I'm like, oh yes, the United States, like it's not politically or in terms of worldwide power, economics, all that. It doesn't translate for me the same way. All right. Back in less than a minute here on Honorado and company. When we come back, we'll address the NFL questions you guys have thrown out to us. We'll look ahead to the draft a little bit. Uh, the Baker Mayfield situation, what is happening there is as he's kind of the last big quarterback name uh, that needs a home at this point in the offseason. And our Popeyes, Louisiana Fast Minute, all that coming up next right here on Honorado and Company. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face. Sharing laughs. At the campground. Getting wet. Relaxing together. The love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV. Bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. And now back to Honorado and Company, brought to you by Alpenhouse. Alpenhouse, Novice, Popeyes, Pick Six Vodka, Marcella's Appliance Center, uh, all great supporters here on the show. Our thanks to them. Big things coming for Nick and Garrett Bernardo at Novice Clothing Company. If you are an organization or if you are a team or if you are an individual athlete, uh, they are the place for you, all of your apparel needs. If you get on board now. Yeah. If you want to get a jump start on the Kentucky Derby party process, and uh, maybe the mint julep isn't your thing, 
Pick Six Vodka is for you for sure. Another great local company here in the 518. Marcella's Appliance Center, Johnny Marcella, Nick Madalone, the place where Ash, we got We've all, got all our, our appliances, appliances uh, in our home thanks to Marcella's Appliance Center. So a shout out to them. And of course, the great people at Alpen House that we've already talked about on this show, courtesy of, uh, of Sean Evans' appearance. All right, with that, um, let's address one comment here right now, and one that will pop into the Popeyes Louisiana Fast Minute. Yes, the Albany Empire season, round two of the Redux. The NAL. Saturday night at home. Oh, by the way. It does. Uh, And yes, the question is, who is their quarterback going to be? Grady left the team. Yes, Tommy Grady is out. Their quarterback, I believe, they've signed a quarterback named Mike Faithful. Yep. who you may remember is a UCLA guy. Um, he was at one point the backup quarterback to Tommy Grady in the AFL years, some of the first years of the franchise back in Albany um, before they won that AFL championship. Mike Faithful was the backup quarterback. He will now, I believe, be the starting quarterback. I think he's also a captain this year. So my guess is he will be the starter under center. Yep, you are right about that. And Carol is all over the empire when she isn't watching the hawks we will be, will be all over the empire on news channel 13 saturday too the empire as well all right cool let's uh let's do our thing here at the popeyes louisiana mm-hmm. fast minute ash you are up first and the clock starts now all right here's the deal i'm giving a shout out to our a guy named zippy chippy who unfortunately passed away at the age of 31 this past weekend. They're singing happy birthday to him here. It was one of his past birthdays. This is a guy who I think sports needs. This is a racehorse who was just up at Old Friends at Cabin Creek. They did a phenomenal job taking care of him in his retirement. But this is the perfect sports story. That is Zippy Chippy and his buddy uh, Red Down South, I believe. They're BFFs at the Old Friends at Cabin Creek. This is a guy who in 100 starts never won a single race, came in eighth, uh, came in second, Eight times, came in third 12 times. He came close, but he was more known for his antics. There were times when he wouldn't leave the gate. He was suspended from several racetracks because of that, because he wouldn't come out of the gate. Um, and he just, you know what, they'll tell you at Old Friends, he just didn't do anything that he didn't want to do. If if Zippy Chippy didn't want to do it, he wasn't going to do it, darn it. And rest in peace, Zippy Chippy. Our thoughts to all of his friends, his caretakers at Old Friends at Cabin Creek, who gave him such a phenomenal life. Um, we love those guys up there, but Zippy Chippy was one of a kind. There will never be another lovable loser like him. And man, was he lovable. And that's what they, they call him a lovable loser. Who doesn't love a lovable loser? That's not so bad. Uh, leading a life of, you don't want to do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And when you are an animal that size and that powerful, there are very few people in this world who could make him do something he didn't want to do. No doubt. A hundred starts, not one win. That's okay, Zippy. He's winning races now. I know uh, old friends at Cabin Creek put out on Facebook and other social media channels, you know, the the most lovable loser. I love Um, it. But he, yeah, we, we've been up there. We met Zippy Chippy. And I know a lot of people work up there. Yep. I know a lot of people were, uh, were hurting the day. Yeah. Uh, they lost Sippy Chippy. So I love that, Ash. Well done. Really well done. All right. I'm on the clock now. Here we go. 
Well, Popeye's Louisiana Fast Minute. Okay, here we go. I'm going out to Hollywood. This is a Hollywood reunion. I didn't know how I was going to feel about when I first saw Freddie Freeman Freeman in a Dodgers uniform against the Atlanta Braves, his first at bat, the dude hits a home run. I mean, could we miss him any more than in that moment? Good thing we've got that guy standing behind him, and that's Matt Olson. They effectively were traded for one another in a way. You you lose Freeman, you get Matt Olson, um, and, and everybody, I think, wins in this scenario. But this is what I loved about it, Ash, is that because I know things were there was tension from mm-hmm. what Ronald Acuna Jr. had to say post Freddie Freeman's time in Atlanta, the way Freeman, I think, felt he was disrespected by the Braves and the contract offer he didn't get, but they were all smiles. There was a reunion between Freeman and Braves GM Alex Anthopoulos, and it proves that even after all the ugliness with a little bit of time, Mm -hmm. right. They can move on and still be buddies. So I was happy to see that, you know, everybody was playing nice. Freeman got choked up and was emotional about it. And so was Brian Snicker, the the Braves manager. So was Alex Anthopoulos Um, and the Braves lose two or three. Besides that, Freeman hits two home runs. His first Mm -hmm. two of the year come against his old team. I mean, it, it just was, it was scripted in a way that was perfect for him. Yeah, it, listen, it was the feel-good reunion and healing that everyone needed. Um, I think it puts a Band-Aid on everything, Who everybody who felt bad. it I think that's all kind of water under the bridge now. Everyone's moved on. Everyone's happy where they are. The Braves are happy with Matt Olson. Freddie is happy in L.A. I think Charlie is probably the only one who wants to go back to Atlanta. Um, yeah. His son, Charlie. The video of him running to Dansby from like across the field and jumping into his arms, it, it was so precious. Um, so yeah, they've got friends. Freddie called all those guys his best friends. So it was really cool to see um, a really cool moment. And I, I, you know, I hate. I know there are a lot of people out there who don't like when other when teams get along so well, like when other players like each other. I love it. I think it's great for baseball. Baseball is the one sport that I think is just kind of different in that way. Um, so, yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Look, I'm okay with it, too, because it's April. Mm-hmm. Um, in October, I don't need anybody talking to anybody on the field. They no. do because baseball is – They always do. But in October, <coughs> you lock in. You can go have dinner in the offseason. Be worried yeah. about winning that series. And, look, if these two teams meet again, which would be for a third straight postseason, um, it will be intense. It will yeah. be intense between these two sides – for sure. And, and there'll be some like side smiles and stuff if Freeman doubles and Albies and Swanson are standing right there. But, but ultimately they will be focused on which team can get to four wins before the other, if it's the NLCS. Yeah. uh, Listen, I, I think the Braves have a little bit of figuring stuff out to do. Um, They will get Acuna back. Everybody's like, Hey, the Braves. And they, they'll get, hopefully they'll get Soroka back. They'll, They'll be, but listen, right now the Dodgers look like everyone expected the Dodgers to look. I mean, you've got a guy like Mac Muncy, Max Muncy, who's struggling, and yet they just con- continue to score runs and hit the ball all over the park. So the Dodgers are who we thought they were, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see if the Braves can be who they thought we might, they might be. Yeah. Um, am I Matt in this scenario? I don't know. Matt has I guess. To go to work and Ash gets to work from home. I think that makes me mad. Um, I hope I'm nobody else living here. 
how <laughs> what the Mets are doing. Yeah. Is this is this legit? They're doing this, mind you, without Jacob yeah. DeGrom. Yep. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is that like I don't care if this isn't how they play all year long, but the fact that they're doing it and doing it well without a guy like Jacob DeGrom who will single-handedly win them games is what has impressed me most. Um, I, I think they will do it in the long term. I think that the offense will sustain. They've been really good. And adding a guy like Jacob DeGrom will only help. Scherzer's been good, but honestly, guys like McGill have been even better. It's in it, Bassett have they've been great. So it's been the guys that aren't named Scherzer and DeGrom that people are talking about, which I think is the biggest positive for the New York Mets. All right. Joel has been waiting too long. Uh, he is somebody who always finds uh, our show, and we appreciate that, Joel. We thank you for watching. Yes, if you celebrated Passover or Easter, Happy ho- I think that's what he's referring to and not the NFL draft, but who knows? The NFL draft is a holiday for some people, so happy Certainly. NFL draft if, that, if that's what we're talking about. But if it's and happy, happy Passover and happy Easter as well. Uh, big NFL week, yes. Will it be a great or a sad week for Jets fans? Jets and Giants both have two picks in the yep. top 10. Both teams have significant needs. Um yep. Feels like the Jets are closer, though. Like, if they can really upgrade the wide receiver position, maybe they can get Debo Samuel from San Francisco say, and if, draft a guy in the top 10 and get an old lineman. I mean, I, I think they might be hoping a little bit if Zach Wilson is going to pan out. I would give up a lot for Debo Samuel at this point. The question is, if you get a guy like Debo Samuel, can you utilize him like Kyle Shanahan did? I'm not sure. The New York Jets tend to mess everything up that someone else has done successfully. So if I'm the Jets and I can get Debo Samuel, I would do it. Uh, And I think it will be a good week for the Jets, regardless of if they go after a guy like Debo or not. They've got draft capital. They They have a ton of needs. I think they will do the right thing. But he would be a number one overall receiver for the Jets, and he also does so much more. Yeah. He ha- he turned into the Swiss Army knife, the gu- one-of-a-kind player last year. Would Okay, you say, would you give up one of these first two picks the Jets have to get Tebow no. Samuel? You'd give up a top-10 pick to get him? No. No, okay. No, but I'd give them, like, two seconds, a third. I'd give them the whole rest of my... Yeah, I'm not giving up a top-10 pick, although he's probably worth it. Like, if you think about... He's... I, I bet there are plenty of teams who would give up a top 10 pick for him. I think so too. Yeah, I, I'm with you. He would be a game changer for yeah. the New York Jets, given yeah. that they're able to perhaps um, use him the way they should. Nick, of course, is a huge Bengals fan. Uday. Oh, so close in the Super Bowl. Only good things and big things to come for that Cincinnati franchise. Certainly, he'll be tuned into the NFL draft to see you know, how they're going to continue to build around McCarthy comment in <laughs> his bangles. Hello, Mr. and Mr. Zoe. Uh, Excitement over obtaining Debo as a jet is palpable. I'm also anticipating the dread of Debo saying I'm choosing the Patriots. You know, it could happen. And you know that Bill Belichick would use that man the right way. He I would. think so. But he no would. Josh McDaniels there now. I think yeah. so. But I, I, I don't know. So. We'll see. Yeah. Oh my God. If he goes to the Jets, I'm, we're going to have Ryan on the show. <laughs> Good for Jets fans. Can we give the Jets something fun to kind of. Yeah, let's do it. For and watch. He's watching uh thunder season wrapped up and. Uh, Last week. Yeah. Um, 
Jeff is a huge part of that organization and the and the big big things that uh, that the community of Glens Falls does each and every year uh, around its hockey team, the Adirondack Thunder. We appreciate Jeff always checking in here. How about uh, you see the Von Miller press conference? You know what? You texted me about that this morning. I was already in at work and I hadn't had a chance to yeah. to find it. No. So it's it's pretty funny. I saw some headlines the other day um, about Von Miller. So I went online and just was like, what is ever what is everyone reacting to? It's always something they're reacting to something. So it was a media avail with Von Miller at voluntary OTAs, I assume. Yeah. And he's talking about one of the reporters asked, like, has it kind of hit you that you're in Buffalo? Are you good with it? Whatever. And he's like, honestly, it took me a really long time to be okay with this. He's like, I was on the plane from LA to Buffalo prepared to tell them I'm not coming here. I'm going back to, to LA. Like I, I was just, I wasn't good with it. He's like, even Easter, I woke up and thought, what am I doing? Why am I? And he goes, but he said, and this was good to hear from the top down from Brandon Bean to coach McDermott to every player on the roster to all the fans. He's like, I have felt nothing but like love acceptance. They want me here. He's like, so I'm ready to go win a Super Bowl for the city of Buffalo. Like I'm all in. So it was cool to hear, but it was fun. He was very honest. And like, he's like, I'm leaving LA for Buffalo. He just kept saying that, (laughs) but he's got a Super Bowl. Listen, you won a Super Bowl. You've got no need for money. Like go somewhere where you can winning a Super Bowl in Buffalo is a career changing moment. Winning a Super Bowl at other places, that's great. Winning a Super Bowl in Buffalo, you would, they talk about never paying for a drink or food in your life. Oh, you would never pay for anything again in your life in Buffalo. He'd get all the wings he could possibly want. Oh. Yeah, he's a two-time Super Bowl champ. He's a Super Bowl MVP. Um, he had a rebirth with LA where it looked like he just needed a change to get out of Denver and something with the Rams. Maybe it was the weather. We're, we're going to find out. Yeah. Reinvigorated Von Miller, and now he's going, now he's, He's getting paid again mm-hmm. here with this Buffalo deal. Of course, he can't look at it and say the life of the contract. He's going to get all of that money, but he's going to get every bit that is guaranteed. Uh, and I think it's a good move. by well, Buffalo is like, hey, we are in. We have been close now back-to-back years. Enough. What do we need to do to try to get over the hump? And if it's somebody who can run down the likes of Burrow and Mahomes, mm-hmm. let's go get them. And Von Miller was there for the taking, and they, they made a very compelling offer that, that – Clearly, he just couldn't turn away because he kept looking back in the rear view, if you will, at L.A.'s weather and thinking, I guess I'm going to Buffalo. Yeah, I don't blame him. Don't blame and him. And Nick, if the Bengals don't draft O-line, shame on them. They will. I mean, center. they have to. They need a center and they need everybody else under the sun to protect that man. He's like the prize possession and he gets beat up. Our thanks to Sean Evans for popping on the show and actually coming yes. into the studio today as well. The book is out. It's called Better Together. You can order it now, ainsleysangels.org. Yes, you can pre-order on Amazon, but you can get it through the mail. Place the order today, and it goes out. And if you want to do the 5K, here's the information. It's the sixth annual Together We Shall 5K. It's Saturday, April 23rd, 9 a.m. Again, same website, ainsleysangels.org is where you can sign up for that, or you can be part of the virtual run, if you will, or you can make a donation to that great organization as well. All right, Ash, thank you for being on the show. Thank you all for watching.